0: Hi everyone, Sarah here with episode number 12 of She's Unstoppable. And this is a very special episode because it features our very first of many interviews. This interview is with Brittany Driscoll of Squeeze Massage. Brittany is somebody who worked very successfully for the very well-known Dry Bar. She really ran their marketing, took the company from 30 million to 100 million, largely with her help. Um, And as you're going to hear in the interview, her time kind of was coming to an end with dry bar and the founders of dry bar actually offered her asked her if she wanted the opportunity to start squeeze massage and squeeze is essentially the way that I've described it to anybody is essentially the dry bar for massages it's really something where it's very concentrated in the sense that you know they're not doing a million different things they're not doing um facials and all the other spa types of services they're really specializing in massages and i have been there multiple times at this point and i kid you not no bullshit. it's been such a wonderful experience every single time not just from the customer service perspective or um the little unique touches that happen during your massage which again we'll talk more about in the actual interview but the massages itself have truly been wonderful and so long story short this podcast essentially now exists because of Brittany. I have wanted to, as I've shared before, I've wanted to launch a podcast for a really long time. And when I moved to California, it was like a week after I saw that I had never heard a squeeze before, but I saw on Instagram that Ali Webb, the founder of Dry Bar, and Brittany were doing a live podcast interview in the Pacific Palisades. And I was, you know, so excited to actually go to an in-person entrepreneurial event. And so I went there, I heard from... obviously both of the women and of course Love Allie but I really loved hearing Britney's story of going from this kick-ass businesswoman in this you know corporate career to somebody who became an entrepreneur kind of without the plan of becoming an entrepreneur, as you're going to hear more about. And I kind of felt in that moment, I was like, this is why this podcast exists. I want to feature stories like this. I want to talk about women who are doing it, who are unstoppable and who are, again, creating businesses that they love because of their hustle, because of their drive, because of their ambition. And I remember I sent Brittany a message on Instagram just being like, hey, like I'm launching a podcast. I'd love to have you on. And I kind of didn't even think that she would get back to me, um, you know, especially not having a podcast. Yet I'm like, oh, nobody's gonna take me seriously. She wrote me right back. We booked the interview, um, and then it was kind of in my mind. I'm like, okay, time to get the, the time to get the podcast up and running. I don't really have a choice at this point. Um, so all of that to say, I'm so incredibly grateful for Brittany taking the time to speak to me. It's a wonderful interview that I think that everybody will find value from. Whether you're a coach or whether you're somebody who wants to start a brick and mortar salon, whatever it is, I think it'll be really helpful and valuable to you. One thing I want to keep it real. As you know, I always like to do. As I said, this was my first interview, and the sound is definitely not as good as I would have liked it to be. I did what I could. I got it edited a bit, but it still is a little bit blurrier than again I would have liked. So I apologize to you for that. Lesson learned. Won't happen again. But I promise you, the interview is worth every second of listening to. And so I'm gonna go ahead and let let me let myself and Brittany take it away. But I hope you enjoy it. I hope you love it. And I would love to to hear what you've learned from it and what really pieces of value you took away from this interview. All right. Enjoy. All right. Hey, everyone. We are here with Brittany Driscoll, which I am so excited about. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it so much.
1: Thank you, Sarah. I feel very, very um, honored to be your your first
0: guest. Yes, I'm so excited, a little nervous, not going to lie, but more excited than anything. I want to tell you that, okay, so long story short, I went to the podcast recording of the the Work Wife podcast recording, and I hadn't heard of Squeeze at this point, hadn't heard of you, and I was just, again, brand new to California, and I'm like, yes, an entrepreneurial event. Like, I was just so excited to be able to do something, and one of the things that made me want to reach out to you and kind of like stuck out to me the most was you were talking about Squeeze, and you were talking about the employees there and saying, you know, they're the kind of people who they set up the room once it's ready for that next person. That's the kind of people they are. That's the kind of people we hire. And you know, so clearly that's the kind of person you are. You're the go the extra mile kind of person. That's why you're here in your career and that's something that I'm obsessed with. We can talk about marketing and doing the things all day long, but if you're not the unstoppable resourceful human being, your, your success, I believe is kind of going to be capped. So I wanted to just bring you on again to talk about how you've kicked ass in your career and how you've, like I said, have gotten to this point where, yes, I mean, of course you landed yourself in a quote unquote fortunate position in the sense that that you had, you know, these wonderful connections. It's not lucky by any means that you're here. You've worked your ass off. So again, I wanted to talk about all of that. And so I think a great place to start would just be a little bit of your background. Like let's talk a little bit before dry bar, um, what you did and all of those kind of things. And we'll go from there. Totally.
1: Well, I can't wait to actually talk about the inspiration behind squeeze. You know, we talk about it as a feel good company and I'm a hundred percent with you that we, you know, we're all better when we are impacting people for the good. And there's just so many exciting things that have, um, come because of the culture that we've created and that vision. So in any case, I'm excited to talk about that because, uh, there's actually some specific examples that I can give that just will warm your heart and certainly have just made me so excited that like this vision that we had is actually coming to life through the people that we've brought on board. It's, it's so magical and really very fulfilling. Um, okay. But if we were to back up, so I, let's see, I majored in communications Because I didn't want to take any more math classes. (laughs) I feel that. I get that. I knew that. um, You know, I wanted to be. I always, I always wanted to be in a leadership position. I I knew that. You know, my mom would say that I was born bossy, and and that's just kind of. I'm, I'm the oldest. I have a younger brother, and. Um, it's just my nature to, to lead and be around people and excite and motivate them. But, and I, so I knew that like, I would wind up somewhere in the business space, but I just didn't know exactly what, you know, what that looks like. So in any case, I majored in communications and through my university, I got an amazing internship opportunity. My junior year, I actually went to intern for an experiential agency, marketing agency, um, that was right near, um, my college. So I went to Loyola Marymount in, um, bring right, apply that right area. And in any case, I got amazing exposure to the power of, um, what a great brand can, can do when connecting with its consumers. And it just, it just got me so excited about marketing and branding and just the opportunity to create these like really fun experiences that people enjoy and find value out of and, so that's kind of how I started. I didn't I really honestly didn't know. I mean, I was writing like you know my thesis and I thought I would go into journalism in the beginning. Like I, I kind of didn't know exactly, but I but I landed in marketing. And so before Drybar, I spent about a decade building my my marketing experience on the agency side. So, you know, I had that first internship in the experiential world, and then I went into digital and I did a lot in like data segmentation and email marketing. Um, And then I moved to more direct response CRM uh, specific work and then landed more in like branding and business strategy where kind of between the direct response and the business strategy agencies that I ended up working at, I worked with Barbie and Hot Wheels and had like so much fun doing, we did Barbie's global promotions and Hot Wheels built this entire campaign called Hot Wheels for Real, where we literally brought Hot Wheels to life. We worked with some of the best uh, race car drivers in the world to create this amazing content series. And then we launched these um, very, very cool uh, stunts and events, one at the Indianapolis 500, one at the X Games, where we we just um, pulled off, like, uh, world records. And there were just so many amazing things that I was able to experience. And I got to work with with really great world-class brands. I mean, Disney and Mattel and uh, Coca-Cola and Hilton. So it was a great foundation. Um, I always had that entrepreneurial spirit in me, even, even when I worked in the agency space. Um, Mattel was across the street from us. They were looking for a global promotions agency. We didn't do promotions at the time. We did like purely direct mail and CRM. And But I just so badly wanted to work with them. I thought it would be like such a fun, you know, brand to work for. So we figured it out. We like, you know, we found another agency within our network that offered that that uh, skill set. And so I've just always, always been like a hungry person like seeking out the next thing and, and always wanting to have fun with it too. I mean, my mom would tell you like I would never in the kitchen with her cooking, I was always like outside playing because that's where the fun was happening. So I definitely, um, you know, pursued the things that were exciting to me. And I think that that really is the key to happiness on a day-to-day basis. I mean, you know, if you, if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. And, um, so in any case, that was really my, my background and experience before dry bar. And then I, went to Drybar when they first started here in LA. I loved the concept and everything about it, the branding, the little touches throughout the experience that just made you feel good and made you smile. And um, I started following them on social media and, um, you know, loved Allie. She's so personable and fun and just genuine in her approach and like obviously pursuing a dream. So when they, they actually posted on Instagram that they were looking for a head of marketing. And so that's how I, <laughs> that's how I applied. I literally like scoured my network to figure out if anyone knew anyone that worked at driver, just to make sure that my resume was seen. Um, and then
0: the stars kind of aligned and, and it all worked out, but I love the word hungry when it comes to all of this. Right. And it's, it's funny to hear. I remember at the the podcast recording, I had asked you, you know, did you always think that you were going to be an entrepreneur? And you're like, no, it never kind of like, I think the way you said it was kind of like, it never really clicked to you that like, that's what you were going to be do be doing, excuse me. But like, at the same time, Doesn't it feel like for you, like now that you're in this position that you are, isn't it kind of like, oh, of course, like this is always how it was going to be? And like all of the things that I did up until this point, like everything was not to be corny, but like everything was on purpose and everything was for a reason. No, a hundred percent. I mean, I I can look back on so many
1: things throughout my career and realize, oh, that's that's what you know was preparing me for this. Right. That is a really neat thing. I mean. I had several bosses along the way say to me, like, oh, you're, you're going to run your own company one day. And I would always be like, guys, what are you crazy? What are you even talking about? You know, I mean, it was so foreign to me. And, and like I said, it would always been an entrepreneurial spirit, but I was never, I was never a true entrepreneur. I mean, I, you know, I worked for several different companies. And, um, so when this opportunity came up, I mean, it definitely, it makes so much sense for me because it is, it is still in line with the way that I have pursued opportunities my entire career, which is that I, you know, I spent four years at Bar. and helped build the brand from 25 locations to over 80. By the time I left, um, they were like a 25 to $30 million company when I started again, over a hundred million. Um, by the time I left at the end of 2017 and got to expand to the, not only the, the the shops themselves, but also the product line into all of the uh, national retailers that it's in today, Sephora, Ulta, Nordstrom, Bloomingdale's, and then the international expansion into France, kind of Mexico and Australia. So, I mean, it was such an exciting time. And again, when I look back on my career, I can, I can see the pattern of building and kind of you know, figuring, I love the figuring it out part. I think that if you are um, wanting to pursue anything on your own path, you have to have just that like innate drive and curiosity to want to figure it out. Even if there's not a very clear path in front of you.
0: It's the most, it's the thing that I say every single day to clients and to, you know, my community is that I think the the number one trait of a unstoppable successful woman entrepreneur or really anything, right. Is that resourcefulness is not Oh, okay. This is the problem. Like I'm like, not to sound arrogant, but I am fully convinced that like, if I needed to do brain surgery, like I would figure it out. Like like that's just right. I'm sure you feel the same way. Like there are very few things in your life that you're not willing to just figure out. And I think it's like, again, we can talk about marketing and we can talk about emails and this, that, the other thing, but like, if you don't have that drive, the rest of it's only going to go so far. Truly, truly. And I think too that you you do
1: have to know your purpose and your why, you know yeah. what what ultimately drives you, and that was the exciting thing for me and kind of how everything came together with Squeeze and why it all clicked was Michael, one of the founders of Drybar, had been um, a member of another massage chain for several years and was unhappy with the experience, kind of like from end to end, and had always had this idea for squeeze I mean for years. And I can attest to it because when I was working at Drybar, you know, he would talk about it kind of here and there. And so it was always noodling in the back of his mind. Um, but obviously they were so focused on building Drybar, they didn't have the time or the bandwidth to really focus on it. And so I had just gotten to a point, again, when I, I, I can look back at my career and really recognize that I have gotten to this point kind of at every stage where it's like, okay, I feel like I've done what I can do and I'm ready to get back into building mode again. And that's just kind of where I got to after four years with Drybar. I mean, Drybar obviously has a very long trajectory ahead of itself. The the sky is the limit for that experience. But for me personally, I wanted to get back into the startup space again. I felt like, you know, we've gotten to a great point someone with bigger, different experience than myself could come in and take it to the next level. And I was really to take, ready to take those on and do it somewhere else. And so when I went to the driver founders and said, hey, you know, I don't know exactly what I want to do, but I'm just letting you know, I'm ready to move on. You know, I just respectfully, you know, I'm not going to give you the, the standard two weeks. Like, I'm just letting you know that it's time. And Michael, you know, was like, Brit, remember remember that idea that I've always had, you know, in the back of my mind. And, um, you know, and he was very kind about it. He was like, you know, there's very few people that I, you know, that I would invest in to start, to start their own business. Well, first he asked me if there was any, anything that I wanted to do. And I was like, I have no idea to be totally frank. Like, I mean, you know, I just know that I want to get back into more of like the hustle and the grind. And, um, you know and he was like well remember that that massage idea that I have uh and so in any case you know we had several conversations about it but it but it really is a perfect example of the entrepreneurial spirit in me was like yes I can see the vision I believe in what it can be but it wasn't my idea you know and I think that um that's where this partnership between Michael Ali myself Cam who's our Creative director and um, you know driver's creative director as well, as well as Josh the architect. Like there's it was so neat kind of seeing all of these these people come together and obviously the experiences that we had built over the years uh, really lead to this this opportunity that
0: you know is now has now actually officially come to fruition. <laughs> of course. I think that. I feel like I have a million things that I could say about this, but I think it's just a testament. And again, I, I, I point this out because I think a lot of the women that are going to be listening to this podcast are either, you know, maybe they're an entrepreneur already, or maybe they're that woman like you who are in a corporate job and they know that they're meant for more not to do the whole Rachel, Rachel Hollis thing, but like right. they know that they're meant for more in this life. Right. And I think just everyone listening, take this as a lesson of like, never settle, whether it's your husband or whether it's your career, like there's always somewhere new to go. And if you don't take, we all get comfortable from time to time, but if we don't keep stretching and we don't keep wanting to go to that next level, we really stay stuck. And you wake up 10 years, 15 years from now and being like, what the hell did I do right with my career and with my life? And so I love that, that you were just like, okay, I have a great career. I'm working for a great business, but like, this isn't enough. And I'm like ready to conquer the next thing. Yeah. I think,
1: I think, too many people stay in the same place for too long Mm -hmm. and it's detrimental both to your personal growth. And I think also quite frankly, to the company's growth, like for sure, new, you know, a new fresh perspective is what keeps innovation innovative. (laughs) The only way it keeps, you know, it keeps going is to have that fresh perspective and to be inspired in different ways. And so um, and the, I mean, the only way that you really get there is by challenging yourself and pushing yourself beyond your comfort zone. I mean, I have, um, I have like these just certain perspectives that I try and keep um, in the back of my mind all the time, just for myself to keep myself motivated and also to keep myself kind of centered and grounded and moving in the direction that I know is going to, to fuel me. And there's two words that I I have stick with me and, and I love, and it is chase, chase discomfort. I, I love that, that constantly chasing discomfort. There's no, there's actually no way that you can't have opportunities. Like, you know, I had with squeeze because you will stand out. I mean, there's that, I just posted on my Instagram about that long ago, That quote of, um, go the extra mile. It's never crowded. Like it's very true. If, it's know, so if you, true. If you pursue and push yourself to add value in a way that is truly meaningful, you will stand out. And then you will become um, incredibly valuable to an organization or a team or, you know, wherever kind you're at in in your career path. And then also, of course, if you're an entrepreneur and you're creating a business, the more you add value to your guests or your customers or your clientele, I mean, that is where, that is how you grow. I mean, you know, people, of course, are going to constantly seek help. We all need help. We all need value in our life. And if you can provide that at any level, you will, you will stand out and you will make a
0: difference. And that I think obviously is the most fulfilling. Absolutely. I, of course we can talk about a ton of things in terms of dry bar, but speaking of discomfort, this is something that came up for me. I listened to your interview with Allie and Michael last night, just, you know, being a good student, doing my homework. Yeah. (laughs) That you had, you guys had talked about a little bit was, okay. So Michael brought up this concept of like, I would back you. And then maybe correct me if I'm, I don't know, saying this wrong, but basically you were like, okay, thank you. And then weeks later you went back and were like, Hey, were you serious about that thing? And I'm not proud to admit this, but I don't know that I would have the guts to do that. Like, I, I think it's like a, a lot of us as women, we have issues around receiving or like asking for more. And like, I like, I was, it was a lot, I like did work with myself around it last night and listening to that. So I'm like, I wonder if I would be like, Hey, were you serious? Like, were you serious by giving me that, the millions of dollars or whatever yeah. it is? Yeah. So was that something that you had to like wrestle with? Was that scary for you? It definitely, I,
1: I mean, I took, I just, I did take it very seriously in terms of one. I loved these people. Like I had built such a good personal relationship with them. I deeply respect and value what they have built at Dry Bar and the opportunity that they gave me to, to be a part of the ride, you know, and just the journey. And I recognized that I mean it's a big deal to go into business with someone or multiple people. And so I I did a lot of um you know just thinking about what it would mean to to do this. And you know, the potential, um, downsides to it, because you always have to be real about one, we could fail, you know, to, um, we could get into a position where we aren't comfortable with the roles that, you know, we think sound good now, but maybe they won't, they won't actually turn out to be the way that we want them to, et cetera. Like there's all you know, there's a risk to it. And so yeah, I took it all very seriously, mainly because I I very much value people at the end of the day. I and mean, people are my passion. And I, you know, and I wanted to do right by the opportunity and also by them and to myself. So it just yeah, so it was a lot of being very thoughtful around the bigness and the gravity of what it meant to say, okay, yes, I'm gonna take this on and um, you know, to have people trust you like that too, it's a lot. It is very scary in a way, but I knew I would, I did know. It's funny. My husband, I, and the other thing too, during that time was I did consider other job opportunities. Like I was talking to several other companies and I told Michael that too. I mean, I told him, you know, I want to do the due diligence of knowing what else is out there and being a hundred percent comfortable and confident in turning all of those chance opportunities down because the last thing I wanted to do was get into you know this experience of squeeze in three or six months and be like, ah, just kidding. I want to go take the bigger paycheck, you <laughs> know. Never mind. With the more stable company. Or, you know, I mean I just I didn't want to get into that position. So yeah, it took a lot of time and thoughtfulness and yes it was very scary. But just like any any type of risk or any type of you know big kind of inflection point like that in your life. Um, it was very exciting at the same time, and it felt it did feel right. It's funny, my husband when I told him about this, um, and he knew kind of the other opportunities that were in the mix. I mean, he he was like, "I oh, mean, you know, of course you are going to choose that. Are you kidding? Like a hundred percent. I mean, you were you were made for that type of thing." So, but it was. I did take some time just to be thoughtful about it because because it's a big deal,
0: and I think that that's such an important thing to. In my business, I'm somebody who I launched my business with literally nothing. A couple hundred bucks in my bank account. Like good for you. Girl. I mean, that's the way to do it. You just have to go for it. Exactly. You figure it out as you go. You know, thousands of dollars in credit card and student loan debt and all these kind of things. And I think that I work with again, like in my community, I have a lot of women who are just starting. And I was again trying to look at this from their perspective where okay this could look like the dream situation from the outside. You are not only, you know, teaming up with somebody who finances are are, are taken care of, right? And not only riding off of, you know, an already successful business and, you know, being able to email the dry bar email list and like let them know that it's open. But that doesn't mean it can't fail. That doesn't mean it's not risky as hell. A hundred percent. And it actually, to be totally honest,
1: is far scarier and, you know, there's more riding on it to be frank. Right. Yeah. And people, there is, there is a credibility and an association with the dry Bar brand with Allie and Michael's name um, that there was almost more pressure to succeed and get this right. Um, than I think if I was a nobody, you know, starting out from scratch and right. so I definitely felt the weight of that, you know, throughout the experience. And there were times where I could tell that, that, you know, the overwhelmingness of that and, you know, the fear of failure and what people would think of my failure and letting people down. I mean, all of those emotions are very real. And I think that this, you know, the way that we started for sure was, um, you know, and and obviously who I started with made it made those feelings. I think like all the more big and impactful. So uh, yes yeah, so and no. I mean, certainly there was a lot of, and there is a lot of expectation riding on the, the potential growth of this business. But but that fuels me at the same time. You know, I think that like that the the fear of failure you can use to your benefit as well. It can drive you um, in a way that other things can't. So I think I've always been a very positive mindset type of person. And I have, since I started Squeeze, changed a lot of my routine and habits to ensure that I am like positive day in and day out, even though that's my natural inclination. Mm -hmm. And so I think that, um, you know, just using it, you know, to to your, to your benefit was a key, you know, a key key thing for me just to keep going. And
0: I say, I feel like, I feel like with like biz, I always say this, but owning my business, right sending the emails, doing an Instagram story, well, that's not the hard stuff. It's dealing with myself and becoming more certain in myself and deciding not to be afraid. Do, do you feel like that's, I would imagine that that was probably one of the biggest things for you to get used to going from the role of employee to entrepreneur, like all of these things that are on you now, that you probably thought, thought about to an extent, but not to like the full length that you
1: do now. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, I say that there's nothing like starting your own business to highlight all of your flaws and your weaknesses and like put all of them on a platter for everyone to, you know, see and be able to critique. Um, No, yeah. I mean, I definitely feel, well, and it's also lonely at the top, you know? I mean, there's also a loneliness to being a leader. There is the reality that you know, you're expected to have all of the answers, especially when you're starting out and you're creating your own business. It's like you have mm-hmm. to figure out all of the things. And yes, I, ha- you know, I had this great extension of a team and a, a lifeline, if you will, to these amazing people. But when you're when you're grinding it out day to day, I mean, it is very much like, oh man, you know, you, you, you do. You have to like, you,
0: you have to figure it out. Absolutely. There, there's no other choice. And I, for me, it's the most... It, I, I feel like, I always say, I'm like, this has felt like the past six and a half years have felt like nothing short of mental torture at a lot of, like very often, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. It's the most, it's it's the most wonderful, most rewarding thing that I've ever done. I know that we talked about this yesterday. Neither one of us want children. So I like the, the fact that we're on the same page, but like squeeze very much as your baby.
1: Totally. I know. I say, I say a birth, I birth squeeze. And it's, yes. it very much feels that way, you know, because you do, you put... You put your heart and soul and your your everything into creating this, you know, this experience and especially the culture and the brand, like you were talking about, you like you were talking about earlier. But before we get into that, I actually want to go back to just really quickly, I was remembering that I love Sarah Bleakley. I'm sure you will follow the founder of Snakes. I follow her, I find her like incredibly inspirational and just a champion of women in so many ways. And mm-hmm. she talks all the time about the negative thoughts that creep into everyone's mind. And Mm -hmm. it's not that certain people don't get those thoughts. It's just that the way you handle them and the way you manage them is the difference between successful people and those who find themselves crippled by it, honestly. You know, so it's like, yes, all of those negative thoughts creep in, all of the fears, all of the insecurities. I mean, they're real and they're constant, but it really is about... Managing them, and um, you know, just not not letting them consume you to the point of, you know, not being able to pursue your dream or what you want.
0: I I feel like I again I talk to so many newer entrepreneurs, and I'll ask a question like, why haven't you done this? Why haven't you done that? And it's like, well, I'm afraid of this. and I'm afraid of that. And. I'm afraid too. I was terrified to do this today. Like this is my first time doing like an interview. It was terrifying, but like what I desire for my life, for my business has to be bigger than my bullshit. Like it just has to be. And that's just a choice that many of us have made. And so uh, for anyone listening, like just a reminder that nobody is doing this. I don't know anybody that's doing this entrepreneurial thing. That's not terrified yeah. more often than not, but it's a choice to deal with your thoughts. It's a choice to, I, I have to sit there and figure out, okay, how am I going to be excited about this rather than scared? And if that means I have to journal for two hours before I launch something, that's what yeah. I'm going to freaking do. Yeah. Actually to that point, I think that being intentional about your daily
1: habits is probably the number of one recommendation that I can give around how to manage and control just the inner dialogue that you're having with yourself every day. So for example, I have, I get up super early. I've always been an early bird. And I I was actually just talking with someone else about for the first 10 years of my career, I used that to my advantage. I was the first person in the office. I was the last person to leave. Again, just like that hustle and drive. And, you know, there's a certain part of me that looks back on that and realizes that I sacrificed a lot personally in doing that also. Like I actually had a very traumatic back injury that happened right before I started squeeze. Ironically, that was a bit of a wake up call of like, okay, you know, you have this passion and this drive, but you've got to be able to balance and prioritize your personal health too, because ultimately health is wealth. If you don't have your health, you literally have nothing. Absolutely. And so I changed a lot of my daily habits when I started Squeeze One, because I wanted, I just wanted to feel like my best self every day. And two, obviously one, the wellness space. So I wanted to be walking the walk just as much as I was talking to talk. And so the ways that I have been able to manage a lot of like the dialogue. And then also just keeping my, my physical health a priority as well is I get up super early. I use that time now to focus on myself. So I meditate, I pray, I write in a gratitude journal. I started practicing gratitude, um, around the same time that we started squeeze. And I will tell you, it has been truly game-changing. There's been scientific studies that show that, you know, your, your brain literally can't be angry and grateful at the same time or sad and grateful at the same time. So it's like, if you choose to be grateful, even over the smallest things, um, it will, it will start, if you do it consistently, it will start to change your life. It will change how you think about things. It definitely puts, um, you know, those negative thoughts into perspective. And, and then I also sweat every day. I make it a point to work out or, um, I go to shape house a lot, which is a sweat house. You literally lay and watch Netflix and (laughs) sweat 800 calories. So I mean, it doesn't get much easier than that. Where is this? Um, (laughs) Anyways, I think, I think being intentional about your habits and forcing yourself to do the things that you maybe don't want to do consistently will also really help to, um, I believe really, like alleviate some of the, the negative things that can creep into our lives if we if we aren't as intentional about how we spend our time.
0: Absolutely, I completely agree, and I I, I don't yeah I don't think it's a, I'm a really big believer in choosing what works for you. Like if you don't like meditating, okay, we don't have to force you. You don't have to force yourself to meditate. But like for me, honest to God, you know what the best thing is to turn my brain off a massage. Like I. Yeah. I don't think entrepreneurs can afford to not be getting massages twice a month. Like it is the only time that I can turn my brain off. And I, I feel like it should be a write-off. Like I have the best ideas when I'm getting a massage because it's the only time that I'm, I'm calm and I'm just like, I turn my business brain off. Amen,
1: sister. I knew I came on this
0: podcast for a reason. Here we go. All right. So leading into that, talk to me a little bit about Squeeze. Obviously, I was there yesterday and it was a wonderful experience, just you know, from you guys thinking of everything from just the little details, like the personal, the personality and the branding. Like it's just so fun to look at as an entrepreneur. But what are you most proud of when it comes to this new business and this new concept?
1: So when we started Squeeze. There were so many great learnings that we had from Drybar that we really knew makes a great brand. You know, one is an incredibly thoughtful experience. All of those little details that make you really... you know, just make you feel good, but also make you recognize how thoughtful they truly are. It's like, if it didn't exist, you wouldn't think about it, but because it does exist, you're like, oh, this is, this is so nice. You know, so we knew that that the key to creating a great company was the experience first and foremost, and also a great brand, you know, a brand that Stood for something that was relatable. That um, again, when you when you looked and interacted with it, there was just you know enough cheekiness that just made made you feel something. So that those two things were were at the core and the crux of as we started the branding creation process, as we started thinking through the actual architecture and the design of the shop, it was like, okay, how can we be incredibly methodical in doing things differently and doing it unexpected I mean obviously there's not too much that you can change about a massage itself you still need to have it within you know a four wall closed room door uh, room closed door, closed door room but aside from that that you know there was all sorts of little things that we decided to change like I was sharing with you um Dry bar's setup is obviously, you know, very different than your typical. You walk into a salon, you're sitting in a chair, you're looking at yourself with wet hair, which is like everyone's, you know, ugliest moment. <laughs> um, and so, instead, at dry bar, you sit at a bar, you, you know, drink a glass of champagne, you watch fun movies that you maybe haven't seen in a while. Um, all the while getting your hair hair styled and then you turn around for the big reveal and the mirrors are actually behind you most of the time. So the only time you look in the mirror is when you're all all up and and done. And it really leaves you with this amazing pep in your step and this this feeling of feeling good. So we wanted to create a similar, you know, difference in experience at Squeeze, taking again from, from the nod, uh, to dry bar. So each one of our rooms, which we call suites, are designed like jewelry boxes. So we're kind of getting rid of the typical long hallways, just with doors down the sides. It's like each suite is designed as uh, a jewelry box, for lack of a better word. And so there's this hard, protected, squared shell on the outside. We use this beautiful millwork work wood um, on the exterior. And then when you walk in, it's very cushy and warm and cozy on the inside. The walls are rounded. We have a beautiful, um, you know, inlet lighting design. There's just, there's so much about it that we, that we were intentional about in making different. And then of course, you know, I mean, the biggest difference of the space experience, aside from having a beautiful space, which we also have a lounge, we offer complimentary aromatherapy, there's refreshments, water, tea, etc. Um, our biggest differentiator is technology, which, Again, really came from the insight of massage should be personal, it personalized. You know, it should be convenient, and so we wanted to create an easy way where we allowed people to tell us exactly what they wanted. They didn't have to do it every single time. So you set all your personalized preferences in the app. Everything from areas of the body you want focused on, what you want avoided. you know, if you want oil or lotion, if you want your bed heated, all that information is saved to your profile, shared with your therapist prior to walking in. So they know exactly what you want. Again, you only have to do that once. You can change it anytime, but like if, once it's done, we you know exactly what type of massage you want. And then when you're done, you literally flow out like Uber and Postmates right into the phone. So you're getting to stay in that very blissful state of mind And then, as I'm sure you experienced yesterday, when you get into the suite itself, you are also able to adjust lighting, temperature, and music to your liking. We added a ready button to the table so there's, you know, not that awkward, hurry up and knock situation. You as the guest, let the therapist know when you're ready for them to re-enter. Like, again, just being very thoughtful about all of those, all of those things in the experience to really create,
0: um, you know, a memorable and magical place that people want to continue. I think to go back to like what we were talking about with just the going the extra mile thing, I've gotten tons of massages. I've never, I would never complain about having to be like, Oh, I'm ready. Or my phone's always dead. I would never complain about the fact that there wasn't a a charger right in there or the fact that I always hate standing online waiting to pay. And those aren't things that I ever would have, again, thought to complain about or thought to take issue with. But now that you've gone that extra mile to present this experience, it's like, oh, like, of course, this is going to be the place that I come back to. And so I think for everyone listening, like, if you're going to do something, do it fucking well. Like, go the, go that extra mile for your people, for your customers, for yourself. Right. And I think that's, that's going to be the thing that sets you apart and has your people coming back and spending money and wanting to be and share the brand and to so on and so forth. Right. Like I I just, I think that's just such a underlying lesson of all of this is like, do it and do it well. Very much so. And you know, all of those, again, it's like, we knew that all of those little
1: things would be big things. Actually, that's one of our our core values as a Mm -hmm. company is little things are big things, which is so true. Mm -hmm. But to be honest, all of those things were the foundational element of what we knew made a great brand and experience. But the thing going to your original question that I'm most proud of, that I'm most excited about, that has been so neat to watch truly come to life is the people. When you are in the service business, you are not in the service business. You are in the people business. Mm -hmm. And it is incredibly difficult to find good people. But when you find them, man, are they magic. I mean, I have to tell you that. So when we started thinking about what we were going to stand for as a brand, because again, that was so important me, again, just, just personally, it's like the why, you know, why are, yes, like massages are great. And yes, they add a ton of value to your well-being. Um, and certainly there, there's a market out there, but what are we going to stand for? That's going to be bigger than just that. So we talked a lot about squeeze being a feel good company. And we do, we do from an internal standpoint, um, brand ourselves as a feel good company. And one of our values is the feel-good revolution. And it's just this idea that we are going the extra mile in in the um, in a feel-good way from a personal standpoint that is going to make a difference. Um, and that all really fueled from, I'm such a fan of Maya Angelo's quote, uh, people will forget what you say, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget the way you make me feel. And think that that for me is the difference in the squeeze experience is we've created a culture and a tribe of people who believe in that and who really value, um, not again, not just the transactional service, but the full experience in celebrating, you know, this moment together that we have in, in making incredible, um, you know, an incredible impact. And so, um, you know, we do that in a lot of different ways from an from a internal employee standpoint. We do We have in the back room, there's a whiteboard wall that everyone consistently writes inspirational and motivational quotes on. You know, the team is back there every single day. And it's just, again, like a little thing, but an impactful thing. We use Bonusly, which is a peer-to-peer recognition platform. It's so easy to integrate into Slack, which is which is the main communication channel that we use internally. But Bonusly basically enables our team to give in real-time recognition to each other. And I love that. It's a point-based program, but we actually call the points like Pat's on the back because Pat is our little brand mascot. So it's like, you know, for every little thing, like you were saying, you know, a therapist. Sets the room for the next therapist coming in. They don't have to do that, but they do because again, we've created this, this culture and just this way of being that is thoughtful and and does, you know, does think about others type of thing. And so, you know, you've got a lot of pats on the back through bonusly going around in that, in that way and um. We actually—I was just sharing with Ali and Michael—we had um, a therapist who recently went through training and unfortunately didn't pass. Just wasn't able to get a lot of the nuances of our experience. And, um, and she wrote this beautiful. And so, and so, you know, we just said, you know, maybe we can revisit this down the line. But she wasn't ready to move forward. And she wrote this beautiful note to our shop manager after we had parted ways. That just said. She was so impressed with how you know the team dealt with um, you know, her struggling, and they did it with such dignity and grace. and she even though you know she wasn't moving forward, she left us with this like amazing, amazingly positive feeling. and it's like that's what it's about, you know, and and there's been a little moments throughout the guest experience, too, that we' um that we've tried to just make people feel good like we had a we had a woman who called in. Uh, or we we actually had to call her because her therapist uh, called in sick for the day. She was ill, and so we unfortunately didn't have any wiggle room in the schedule to move her. So we had to reschedule her to a different day, and she ended up like breaking down, crying because she had. Um, her boyfriend broke up with her the day before. And so, you know, it was kind of like feeling like double dumped and, you know, and and so we, one of our therapists stayed later. We figured out a way to get her in that day. We um, had a bouquet of flowers for her afterward that we gave her again, just, just with the intention and the idea of, what a cool job we all have to make people feel good and to make people's day. I mean, this is, this is probably one of the best parts of people's day. Absolutely. So there's that, for me, that's been so neat just to see the team like, living and breathing our values and really creating memorable, impactful, kind um, experiences for our guests and for each other,
0: the way that the team treats each other. I mean, that, that to me is the magic. I love that. And I think that I I used to work in a restaurant. I worked in a restaurant for a long time. And at the time, the owners I I felt weren't very kind to the people that were working there. And it was such a big lesson for me. And like, if you're running a business, treat your people well, and they're going to treat your business well. And it's the same thing, of course, with customers. There are so many things that, no, you don't have to do, but why wouldn't you want, you didn't have to get her flowers, but why wouldn't you want to, not just from a karmic perspective. Like, of course, that's going to serve your business over and over and over again. And so again, I think the the core theme of this whole conversation is just go the extra damn mile and you'll never regret that. Yeah, exactly. You will never
1: regret that. And you'll never regret the risk either. I mean, I think I was also speaking with someone the other day about, yeah, there's a, a, when you're starting your own thing, when you're figuring it out, there's a lot of doubt that creeps in, but it's like, I would so much rather have that and be figuring it out than look back on my life and wish that I had tried. You know, it's like, no, you don't want that. I mean, that is like the wor- regret is the worst feeling of all. Absolutely. You learn, I mean, even if you do fail, I mean, failure is what makes great people and great experiences. There's so many examples of people who failed miserably before they were uber successful. I mean, there's so many, there's so much good in pushing yourself regardless of the outcome.
0: Failing forward is my business. Was created on failing forward. Everything that I've everything that I've done right is because I did it wrong at one point. Exactly, like exactly. that's that's the only choice. I look at this as okay. This sucks. How? What is it pushing me towards? What is it showing me? What? What? Where is it pushing me to that next level? And it's not to be rah, rah, corny bullshit. Like everything happens for a reason because I, I believe it does. But it, for me, it keeps me sane. It's like, okay, yeah. this didn't work out the way that I wanted to. How am I going to turn this around and know that this is? How am I going to fail forward? How am I going to decide that this happened for me? And yeah. again, that's just we have a choice to be intentional about that. Exactly. And I mean, even if you don't personally have a
1: big moment of failure or, a, you know, an inflection point that makes you reevaluate. I feel like everyone has the experience of a bad boss that like you were referring you know, mm-hmm. to, to that restaurant experience. And I think that also is a great example of something that you can take with you in how you don't want to be, how you don't want to treat people, the type of leader or mentor or manager that uh, does more harm than good. Like I think even if you, even if you personally don't have a big, um, failure moment, it's like the bad and other experiences can also be such an eye opener of how, when you're in the position and the opportunity to lead and mentor people, how you can, you know, use that as what you don't want to be. Like that's, that's such an important lesson and experience. I think also, Um, Absolutely. one other thing that I was just thinking as it relates to just the feel-good company and the other thing that we did early on at Squeeze that I'm I'm super excited about, we partnered with um, Canine Companions for Independence. I'm not sure if you saw this. I saw that, yes, and I love that. Yeah, and again, it kind of went back to, okay, like, if we're going to do this, it's so cool to create this amazing experience. Massage makes people feel good. We're going to be bettering their lives on day-to-day basis. But what are the things that we can be doing to make a bigger impact and to stand for something more? And again, going back to the team, it's like, what are people going to be inspired by also and want to to be a part of, you know, aside from just the day-to-day? So anyways, so again, going back to like the feel-good notion, we wanted to find another partner that stood for the same thing. And we were going back and forth. I mean, there's several organizations that are so amazing and doing incredible things. we all love dogs, and it's so funny in the beginning. We were like, "Dogs, like how do we make dogs and massages work?" <laughs> but then, literally, well, it's better like, than a dog and a massage. Really. but I mean, I was all of a sudden like, "Oh my gosh," um, you know, dogs that are that are companions, and you know, service dogs. Those those. Dogs make people feel good. So, I mean, it was literally like this big light bulb. So I just started searching online. I was like, you know, service dog companies. I mean, I had, I literally had no idea. And I cold called. I found Canine Companions for Independence actually rose to the top of, of the Google search. <laughs> and I read about them. I mean, they're an incredible organization. They're actually like the leader um, in, uh, in the nation. And I think maybe potentially in the world for... Providing service dogs free of charge to adults, children, and veterans with disabilities—they're amazing. But I cold-called them, and I, you know, explained the Squeeze experience. I, you know, gave a little bit of background. I let them know that we wanted to partner. I got the chance. They, I mean, they—they they were so excited. They immediately understood the connection that our brands had and the value. Um, you know, the opportunity that existed down the line as we continue to grow. So they invited me up to their campus up north in Santa Rosa. I got to tour the whole thing. I got to see, you know, these dogs learn like 40 different commands to Mm -hmm. help their human partners. They have this incredible program that they've created where they've got like puppy raisers. So people who literally just like socialize the dogs and you know train them to a certain point and they're brought back to canine companions where they learn the 40 different commands and then they're partnered with their human partner and the way they do that is like through this graduation process where the puppy raiser actually comes back and like hands off the dog to their oh my god I mean it's so amazing for four hours I'm about to cry. <laughs> Sounds right. amazing. The way that we're partnering with them at Squeeze is for every membership sold. We're helping to provide a day of pain and support um, to a person with a disability, which again, I mean, that's such a neat thing. And we're only one shopper right now, but hopefully flash forward to when we have hundreds, it's, that's going to be a huge impactful thing that we're doing. And, um, you know, our team really loves that too. So anyways, I, that was another thing that I just
0: have always been very passionate and personally excited about. I love that. I'm, I'm, I'm in love with dogs. I'm a total dog person. And I love that again, one of the, just to go to offer something that again, we don't, you don't have to offer, but just to, again, like it helps the brand. It helps the people. It help Like we have the opportunity to do so much good at the same time of like pursuing our dreams. And again, I, I you know, I'm saying all of this with, with the person who's listening in mind that I'm, I'm in the coaching space, right? And all day long, all you hear is people talk about money, money, money. And don't get me wrong. I want to make lots and lots and lots of it. But I think it's really easy to to lose sight of what's important sometimes. And we all have this opportunity to not only, again, pursue our dreams, but also do a lot of fucking good. And so we'll, of course, like link to um, in the show notes to this organization. And just hopefully if that inspires one person to do something similar to, you know, that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Truly.
1: No, I mean, I think that, um, again, I think it goes back to adding value and mm-hmm. just, yes, m- money is obviously, you know, a, a positive thing in, in a lot of ways and can help relieve stress and all the things that come with with financial, right. but you know, if you're not adding value in a meaningful way, you're limiting yourself and you're limiting the opportunity because at some point you know then people move on to something that's more valuable
0: and more meaningful and more thoughtful and all you know all of those things so yeah 100 absolutely all right I want to wrap up because you've been on for a while and I feel like I could talk to you another four hours and so I'm going to try to keep people uh, keep it a little bit shorter but just tell me really quickly what are you most excited? next about for like the future of squeeze, like what comes next? What are you just busting at the seams to do next? And Yeah. yeah. So we are, we are going to scale squeeze by franchising.
1: And, you know, we made that decision very early on. It's different than Drybar's strategic growth path. They, like 70% of Drybar's are corporate owned and um, but you know for a lot of reasons we felt like franchising squeeze would be a great opportunity one you know it, it helps us from a uh, growth a speed to market standpoint where we can, we can get into more places faster which we already have requests on the daily to be everywhere yeah, <laughs> yeah which is exciting and stressful all the time <laughs> um, but also going back to just my personal experience and the great opportunity, an amazing experience. This has been to go again from a corporate career path to starting my own business and getting the chance to really live and breathe the entrepreneurial lifestyle. I love the opportunity of creating that same chance for more people. I mean, that is just so neat. Like I use, I use three words to describe my entrepreneurial experience. One is overwhelming. (laughs) Two, is exhausting. But three, it's liberating. I mean, there's nothing more empowering and um, incredibly freeing than running your own business and getting to, you know, imagine and dream kind of of all of the ways that you can make a positive impact. And so I love the opportunity of giving other people around the country that same opportunity. So we right now are just getting our paperwork in order to be able to do all of that. And, um, and so I'm really excited for that next kind of stage. You know, I feel like we got through the hump of opening this location, getting it off the ground, um, getting, locking in the experience, making sure that it all works the way that we thought it was going to (laughs) work. Right. Now, you know, now it's a matter of getting things in
0: order so that we can start to scale. All right. Awesome. Well, I'm very much looking forward to just seeing it pop up all over the place. Um, Let people know where they can connect with you or learn more about Squeeze. Yeah. So you can go to squeezemassage.com. We've got all the information there.
1: You can download our app if you're in the LA area. Our first location is um, at 12338 Winter Boulevard in Studio City um and again our app is squeeze um on the app store you can also book on our website and then our instagram handle is squeeze and then my personal instagram is right and i would
0: love to connect awesome well thank you so much for this i appreciate it i'm sure everyone listening appreciate it a ton and we will talk to you soon thank you sarah all the best to you
1: thank you